Hey y'all, welcome back to Keeping It Brief. I'm your host, Annika, and we're gonna go ahead and hop right into it. So, today we're talking about a case from the Supreme Court of New Jersey. It's called Henningsen versus Bloomfield Motors Incorporated on the New Jersey docket of 1960. Now, the petitioner was the Henningsen family it's a, a husband and a wife, and then the respondent was the Bloomfield Motors. It was argued on the 7th of December, 1959, and decided on the 9th of May, 1960. Let's get into it. So, the facts of the case. On the 7th of May, 1955, Mr. and Miss Henningsen visited Bloomfield Motors to look at a Plymouth. Now this is a car we're talking about. I don't know very much about cars, but Plymouth, do with it what you will, right? So Mr. Henningsen moved forward with buying the car as a gift for his wife and proceeded through the purchase alone. Now this is important to know, it'll come back up later, but Mr. Henningsen bought the car himself. His name is on the contracts, right? His wife was not part of the signing party. She did not put her name on those papers. Again, we'll come back to it. Now, when looking at this contract, you would have noticed that the font on the contract started out at a very legible size. So we're talking like 12 point times new Roman font, right? But then it progressively got smaller towards the end of the paper. Um, and this was like close to where he needed to sign, right? There were two paragraphs in a super, super small font. The style had changed. There were different position effects going on. Basically, it was a very confusing contract. Um, it, it made the document super hard to follow. So Mr. Henningsen, you know, he does what most of us do whenever we get those contracts that pop up on our Apple devices. Click yes or no if you agree. Ah, uh, sure, I agree, but you never actually read it? Well, Mr. Henningsen did his best to read it, but he missed a part on the front of the document that said there were additional clauses on the back of the document. So, these additional clauses on the back of the contract, Mr. Henningsen did not read them. Um, and the dealers never brought his attention to the back. Now, as a dealer, right, we all kind of think about car dealers as being sly and like little schemy because they're just trying to sell you expensive things, right? Another part of being a dealer is making sure that the contracts are being upheld that they're doing their part in making sure that it's being upheld right this is a two-way street so the dealers never brought mr henningson's attention to the back of the document when they noticed that he hadn't read it so then mr henningson you know he goes through He's so excited to get this Plymouth for his wife. It's supposed to be like an anniversary gift or some sort of gift for his wife, right? And 
he then doesn't get to take the car home right away. The Bloomsfield Motors told him, hey, you know, we need to take it to the shop for additional... I don't, I don't know what it's called, like upkeep or checkup, something to make sure that the car is in top condition before they gave him the car, right? So Mr. Hankson didn't actually receive the car until the 9th of May, and Bloomfield gave zero explanation as to why they had the car for so long and what services they actually did, right? Because they said that they were servicing the car and when he got the car, there weren't any noticeable servicing done to it. You know, Mr. Henningsen, he asked, like, hey, what took so long? What services were you guys doing? And Bloomsfield couldn't tell him. So that's suspicious, right? That's a little sus. And he just went about his day. He kept the car. So on the 19th of May... Miss Henningsen got into a car accident. And upon getting out of the car, you know, checking her out, she's doing okay. An inspector comes to look at the car and he tells the Henningsons, hey, like, there's a clear malfunction from the steering wheel to the front wheels of this car. There's a mechanical defect or a system failure that happened in this car. So the Henningsons are sitting here like, now wait a minute, you know? What do you mean there was a malfunction? We just had this car serviced. We just got this car. not But 10 days ago, right? 10 days ago, we got a brand new car expecting it to be brand new. And now my wife is in an accident. The math ain't mathin', right? So that's what brings this case to court. The Henningsons are suing the Bloomsfield Motor Company for giving them a faulty car, but Bloomfield Motors is like, hey, our additional clauses on the back of the contract cover this. Y'all can't sue us. Well, right? So let's get into the holdings of this case. The court found that the liability clause on the back of this contract did in fact extend to Miss Henningsen's injuries as a result of the car her husband purchased. So what does this mean? Bloomsfield was there and their argument was Miss Henningsen's name isn't on this contract. Therefore, we can't be held liable for any injuries that she sustained while driving this car because we don't cover her. We only cover her husband. Mr. Henningsen on the other side says, I was very open and upfront about this car being a gift for my wife. I bought this car. I should be able to do whatever I please with said car. What happens if I were to give this car to somebody else as a gift and the same thing had happened? Would their injuries not be covered? Last time I checked, I got this vehicle from Bloomsfield Motors. Isn't that liability enough? And the court agrees. Court says the liability clause does extend to Miss Henningsen. Now Bloomfield, again, 
they tried to argue that the case invalid. They never sold Miss Henningsen a car. They sold Mr. Henningsen a car. But the judge stated that it wasn't necessary to determine the clauses outside of the contract or to what extent the contract reached to the outest most limits. All they needed to decide is whether or not Bloomsfield was liable. And the liability clause is for the car, not for the person in the car. They were able to prove that Miss Henningsen's injuries were a direct result of this motor vehicle. And so the Hennings family, Henningsen family, received some money because of this case. And it also set into a precedent in New Jersey the extent of which a vehicle contract could go. Now, here's a helpful case that was brought up in this case, which was Faber v. Krenswick, which is another New Jersey case. Basically, what happened was a tenant's wife, so this is like an apartment building. One of the tenant's wives was injured in the complex, and although her name wasn't on the lease, she was awarded damages. This case set precedent for the Henningsen case. Because in favor v. Creswick, the wife and the husband, even though the wife's name wasn't on the lease for the apartment, they were still awarded damages because of the wife's injuries. Because her injuries were an exact result. They were a result of injury of being inside of this apartment complex. So... What do y'all think? Should Mr. Henningsen have read the contract fully? Are you guys going to look into reading contracts a little bit deeper next time you sign one? I know I definitely will. And Mr. and Miss Henningsen, you know, more power to them. They got their money, but I don't know. I feel like there could have been a little bit more investigation on their end now was bloomfield messed up for trying to argue that miss henningsen's injuries weren't their fault yeah they were but i don't know where do y'all stand on this case until next time i'm your host annika and it was so nice talking to y'all today about the Henningsen v. Bloomsfield Motors Incorporated, New Jersey, 1960 case. And I'll hit you guys next week. See y'all later. Bye!